0: Well, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Sunrise. Anybody get that last one right? Yeah? It's tough, tough stuff the past few weeks of that trivia. Anyway, welcome to Sunrise. Welcome on this sunny Sunday morning in December that's kind of unique. So um, hopefully you guys all had a wonderful Christmas morning yesterday celebrating Christmas. Mm -hmm. Um, I know many of you or some of you were traveling. We happen to have the blessing of being home all day. Yesterday. We stayed in our PJs all day long. We're not doing any traveling until later this week. So that was lovely, just being home and doing that. So um, yeah, hopefully it was just a blessed time for all of you guys spending time with Christmas. I want you guys to hear these words from Isaiah 12 as we open up um, worship and get uh, into a worshipful mindset and singing. Hear these words from Isaiah 12. Sing praises to God on high for glorious are God's works. Sing praises to the ends of the earth. Shout and sing for joy, O people of God, for great is the Holy One in our midst. Blessed is the one who comes to dwell among us. Why not we stand as we sing, get our minds into that worshipful mindset. Let the craziness and the busyness of the Christmas week um, and even Christmas just to kind of fade as we focus our minds and hearts on Jesus and we sing together.
1: Sing, sing, sing. Joy to the world. We will sing, sing, sing. We'll sing joy, joy to the world. The Savior reigns. Let man their songs glory, While fields and floods right. Rocks, hills and plains Repeat the sounding joy Repeat the sounding joy Repeat, repeat The sounding joy the world We will sing, sing, sing He rules the world with truth and grace and makes the nations true. the glories of His righteousness Wonders of His love And wonders of His love And wonders, wonders of His love We will sing, sing, sing Oh, joy to the world
2: She's called. What child is this who went to? i uh-huh. Hail, hail, the Word made flesh, the babe, the Son of Mary.
1: Amen, let's pray.
0: God, you are good. God, we're so thankful that you gave your Son to us. Thank you for Jesus. We got to celebrate yesterday morning, the birth of Jesus. And God, I pray that this right now, that we can set our minds and hearts on that scene. God, that we can place ourselves among the shepherds, among the wise men, that we can sense the awe and the wonder in the atmosphere, that we can smell the smells of the manger, that we can see the light of the star shining above. God, place in our hearts the awe and the wonder of all the prophecies coming together in one baby, one child for that miracle, God. We thank you for that miracle. And God, we bring our hearts, we bring our worship this morning to celebrate that birth, to celebrate our Savior being born continue to have that awe and that wonder just be impressed upon us throughout this morning, throughout this week. That it's not just a time of opening presents and getting things, but it's a time of celebration of our Savior being born. Of our sins being washed away. So God, we give you honor, we give you glory this morning, we give you our worship. In Jesus' name. Amen you guys can take a seat. Well, I do have a couple of announcements this morning. Again, my name is Dan. I'm the worship director here at Sunrise, um, and I um, have just a couple of things to bring to your attention. I think Carissa mentioned a couple of these things last week, so just reminders of them. Um, first of all, for the kiddos, Actually, two events coming up this Friday, the first of which is for the kiddos um, and families. Noon Year's Eve celebration is coming up this Friday from 1130 to noon. Um, it's going to be a super fun time of games, of fun things, of prizes, maybe a little confetti going on again. Um, so if I think families are all invited. We do. Penny is asking that people get registered for that event. So the QR codes on the back of the chairs or the... Um, the code dropping in the comments for those of watching online, um, you can sign up that way. That brings you right to our announcement page and you can find the banner that looks um, like the one we have a little bit up on the screen that says the Noon Year's Eve Party. So click on that banner, that'll bring you to that registration page. Also, on that same day, just as the New Year's Eve party is wrapping up, starting at noon to midnight, we have a special day of prayer that I'm pretty excited about. We're all that 12 hours from noon to midnight, each half hour increment, we're going to have people praying for our church, for our community, for our nation. Um, We're not going to do it here at the church live. We're going to be doing it wherever you happen to be to make it easy on us all, as I know Um, It's New Year's Eve, so people may be traveling, they may be home, I don't know where you're going to be at, but um, I just encourage you guys as as singles, as couples, as families, take some time to set aside, time to pray. Um, It's so important in our walk with the Lord to just push the pause button and spend some time in prayer. Um, I have a guide written up for you. You can pick it up at the Connect table at the Way Out, or um, right on our announcement page as well, there's a banner you can click on, and that brings you to a PDF of that file. It's a couple pages. It's um, just meant to be helpful for you. You don't have to follow if you don't want to, but if a half an hour of praying seems a bit daunting, um, that's laid out for you to just kind of help bring you through that 30 minutes of reflection, of praying, of um, through some different points, so I strongly encourage you. There's a lot of spots still ready to sign up, so throughout the week, you guys can sign up, and then Friday, we'll kick it off at noon. Lastly, we have um, a reminder for the men. Pub Theology, not this Tuesday, but next Tuesday on January 4 at um, 6.30 at Hudsonville Grill once again, so men join us at that time, and that's it. My announcements are done, so Noah, on to you, bud.
3: Good morning, and uh, Merry Christmas. I know Christmas was yesterday, Miss to steal this. I know Christmas was yesterday, but technically there's 12 days of Christmas if you know the song, so uh, I get to say that anyway. Um, and it's good to be with all of you this morning. I don't know if it's just me getting older or because I'm a father or what's going on exactly, but I feel more in touch with my emotions as the years go on. Um, And I think I've never been as happy or as excited to say Merry Christmas to a church family as I have uh, here at Sunrise. We love you. Uh, We love being here. And this morning we are finishing up our Advent series. Uh, We've been looking the past few weeks at all of these women in Scripture who have sung songs of redemption, who have experienced God's faithfulness, God fulfilling His promises, and who have given us these songs to remember His faithfulness in our lives today. So this morning we'll be looking at Luke chapter 2, uh, beginning in verse 36. But before we get to that, I'd like to give you a little bit of context um, so that we know what's going on. So Jesus, appropriately for this morning in our passage, has been born, just like Christmas was yesterday. Uh, so Joseph and Mary are bringing him to the temple to dedicate him to the Lord. we are going to offer the sacrifices there. And as they get to the temple, there's this man named Simeon. Uh, Simeon is a devout man, a very righteous man. And the text tells us that Simeon has the Holy Spirit on him. And the Holy Spirit has told him that he won't die until he sees God's anointed Savior, until he sees the Messiah. So as Joseph and Mary and Jesus enter the temple court, Simeon immediately recognizes Jesus. The Holy Spirit opens his eyes and he sees that Jesus is the anointed one. And he starts to to loudly declare all these things about Jesus. Um, He says, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. You fulfilled your promises. I can die happy. Um, My eyes have seen your salvation that you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light of revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. So in his moment of uh, epiphany, Simeon recognizes that Jesus is not only a uh, a savior for the earthly kingdom of Israel from captivity by the Romans, but in fact that he is a spiritual savior for Jews and Gentiles, that he's going to save all people from spiritual captivity. And as he's saying these things, we arrive at our verse in uh, chapter 2, verse 36. Hear these words. And there was a prophetess, Anna, the daughter of Panuel of the tribe of Asher. She was advanced in years, having lived with her husband seven years from when she was a virgin, and then as a widow until she was 84. So if you're 85, that means you're very advanced in years, sorry. And she did not depart from the temple, worshiping with fasting and prayer night and day. And coming at that very hour, she began to give thanks to God and to speak of him to all who were waiting for the redemption of Jerusalem. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So as I mentioned, these past few weeks, we've been looking at these people in Scripture who have experienced God's faithfulness. And if you notice, we've been looking specifically at women in Scripture, because women... um, throughout most of human history, and especially Israel's history, have been considered less than men in society. They have less social capital or social influence. And so they are the ones who understand best what the good news means. They understand best what it means for high places to be made low and low places to be made high. They understand best what it means to live without hope and to be given hope by God's promises. And so we looked at all sorts of different women. We looked at um, Deborah, who was actually the least of the least, the less least uh, of the women that we looked at. uh, Because she did have a position of authority in Israel. Um, People would come to her with court cases and she would make decisions. And so she did have some influence. But despite that position of influence, when it came time for God to redeem Israel, he told Deborah to find a man to do it. Right, So even her influence was, was considered less than that of a man. Then we had Miriam, uh, who was also a sort of leader in Israel after the Exodus. Um, but her leadership, again, was, was overshadowed by the leadership of Moses and Aaron. She was still serving under them in a capacity. We met Hannah, who was married, but she was not a first wife. She was a second wife. Interpret that how you will. And she could not have children. One of the primary ways that women contributed to society in those days was to bear children, and she was unable to do so. So she has even less social capital than other women of her time. Just last week, we met Mary. Mary, the mother of Jesus, who was having a child out of wedlock, Of course, Mary understood the truth about where Jesus had come from. She knew how he was conceived. She had seen the angel. She had heard from God. But the rest of society didn't see that. They didn't know. The rest of Nazareth, when they saw Mary walking down the street, a young, unwed, pregnant girl... They whispered about her, and they they knew how that happens. And, And so she likely experienced a great deal of shame. We talked about that last week with Tricia, that if you read between the lines of Mary's song, you can see the shame that she may have experienced. We've talked about all of these women who have no social influence, and they're waiting. They're on the edge of their seat. They're leaning forward, waiting on God to move. And then he moves, and they sing this grand song, verses or paragraphs or pages long about God's power, his faithfulness, he's mighty to save, he's able to make good on his promises. And this morning we arrive at Anna, Anna who is in many ways um, the quintessential least of these. She shares something with each of our other women that we've looked at. She, uh, she is a prophetess, the text tells us, and we don't know exactly what that word means. Uh, this occurs after the intertestamental period, uh, 400 years where God did not speak to Israel through a prophet. And so she probably wasn't fulfilling the office of prophet like maybe Isaiah or Samuel or Nathan. But by this word, we could tell that she is a spiritual woman that she is uniquely connected to God in some way, and that she speaks into other people's lives in a spiritual way. So she shares with Miriam and Deborah the fact that she is a a leader in an unofficial capacity. And then we also have um, the fact that she is not married, much like Mary. Of course, she was married for seven years before her husband died, and she was a widow for probably six decades And so, uh, she didn't have a husband to support her financially. She didn't have a household to run on his behalf. And so she couldn't contribute to society in that way. Finally, she doesn't have, or at least the text doesn't tell us, if she has any children, much like Hannah. And we can infer even further that she doesn't have children, because again, there's no one supporting her financially. She spends all day and night at the temple. Partially, this is because she's a devout and spiritual woman, but partially, it's because she doesn't have a job. She has no uh, feasible way to make money, and so she depends on the kindness of others to survive. Anna is, in every way, the least of these. And so she understands better than anyone what the significance of the good news is. She understands better than anyone the importance of a savior. And where all of these other women sing these page-long songs with Anna, we get three verses. And in fact, we really only get one verse because two of those verses are just context for who she is. So we have one verse where we hear from the quintessential least of these. And it's not even a direct quotation, it's a paraphrase. What's going on here? Why are we ending our Advent series on three verses? And uh, I think the reality of the situation is that even though Anna shares something with every one of those other women we've talked about, Anna is also fundamentally different from every single one of them in a very important way. Because where all of those other women were pointing towards a Savior, Anna could point at the Savior. She was looking at the Savior with her own eyes, face to face, physically there, looking at the baby Jesus. And I think that's where the the shortness and the brevity of her song is its beauty. Because those other women were singing these songs, because even though they lived in tension, and then God delivered them, they still existed in a tense world. They still existed in the the already not yet, that God's kingdom is already here but not yet fully realized. They still lived in a world that had pain and suffering. And so they sing these songs to remind themselves and the coming generations that God is faithful When you're you're experiencing pain in the world, remember, look at this example of God's faithfulness. Here it is. That's what those songs do for us. But Anna didn't need a song because she was looking at God's savior. She was looking at the fulfillment of all of God's promises. So Anna doesn't sing a song in response, but instead she does two things. She gives thanks And then she tells everyone she meets about Jesus. And this morning, I would like us to model our response to Christmas in the same way. Christmas came yesterday, technically. Um, Advent is over. We're no longer in this series, uh, the, the season of anticipation. We're no longer waiting on God to move because He has already moved. So we now, much like Anna, should give thanks and tell everyone we meet about the good news of Jesus. But the reality of the situation is that we still live in a broken world. We are less like Anna, who has had a face-to-face encounter with Jesus, and more like all of those other Women. We may have experienced God's faithfulness here and there, but uh, we're still waiting for the second coming. We're still waiting for all things to be made new and right. And so although Anna, at the end of our Advent series, doesn't give us a song, per se, we can remember that her song is the rest of the book of Luke, or the other gospels, Matthew, Mark, and John, or the letters in the New Testament or the book of Revelation, or not only the New Testament, but also the Old Testament. We can remember that every page, every line of Scripture points in some way toward a Savior. So Anna doesn't give us a song, but our song is the Word of God, the whole of the canon of Scripture, the living Word of God made flesh, and who dwelt among us. So I want to end in much the same way that I started. Uh, Merry Christmas. <laughs> I am um, I'm thankful for all of you, and more than that, I'm thankful for Jesus. I'm thankful that God saw us in our lowly state, and he sent his Son, that whoever would believe in him shall not perish, but have abundant and eternal life. But I also remember that we live in a broken world, and so for all of those times that we feel overcome by trouble. People of God, take heart, for God has overcome the world. Will you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we love you. We're so blessed and happy to be here this morning with our church family and friends that we can celebrate what makes us us, which is you, which is your son, Jesus. God, as we go out into the rest of the church year, um, as we leave this time of anticipation and go into a time of telling others about you, I pray that you would give us the words to speak and remind us of your faithfulness and your love. We pray all these things in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.
0: We're going to close the service in singing a a song, a hymn together that we all know and love, but let's also um, give of our tithes and offerings in a worshipful mindset as well. We can do that by scanning the QR code once again and giving online or um, the basket at the back table between the doors. So um, let's worship together, let's sing and celebrate together. standing in-
2: For.
3: I'll say it one last time. Merry Christmas. Um, people of God, as you go, may the grace of Jesus Christ, the love of God our Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you now and stay with you always. Go in peace.